everybody, and welcome to episode 263 of the Spoiler Alert podcast, brought to you by MovieOutsiders.com. I'm Danny, and I'm here with Mike, and tonight we'll be discussing the new reimagining of Disney's animated hit, The Lion King. Heard of it. Starring the voice of Beyonce and Billy Eichner. <laughs> All right. Buddy, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you doing, buddy? I am doing very well, although clearly not nearly as well as... Disney executives who must at this time almost be getting bored of money. They're they're, they're like they're swimming in a pool of money like Scrooge McDuck Scrooge and McDuck. just laughing, smoking cigars. Yes. I feel like instead of getting paid bonuses anymore, they must just take their earnings in like <laughs> endangered species. Yes. Or I, I don't even know. Like, what else could they be? What else <laughs> like could be they, worth anything to them? At they're this buying point? planets and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So this movie debuted just this last weekend, and it domestically brought in 185 million dollars in three days, which by now didn't sound like that much money to me. Right, you can kind of sneeze was, at it based on yeah. like some Marvel movies, and yes, it's yeah, the right. seventh yeah. largest opening of all time. It's the largest opening <laughs> for uh, an animated film ever. It's like the third best of the year. I mean, this is this broke tons of records, but I was sort of like, oh, I guess that's a lot. I, it's a yeah, but ton it's huge. Of money. Yes, it's it's a huge I mean, that's more money than I have. <laughs> Slightly more, yes, yeah, yeah. And and now this is the same weekend, last weekend where. Avengers Endgame officially became the global box office champion, which defeated Avatar. Okay. So that's, of course, a record that Disney has in the books, although now they also own Avatar, so they technically have both records anyway. But the worldwide top box office films of the year are Avengers Endgame, a Disney release, Captain Marvel, a Disney release, Aladdin, a Disney release, Spider-Man Far From Home, which was produced by Marvel, and Toy Story 4, a Disney release, and soon Lion King, a Disney release. They're they're not sucking. It's just shocking. I mean, anyway, I I mean, we can go on and on about the the records, but at this point, it kind of feels like, meh, another billion dollar movie. Yeah, And, and this is a movie that's not critically acclaimed at the moment this is not a no it's like 50s yeah, and Metacritic it's, or something. It's, a, yeah. it's sort of a rotten tomato at the moment all right boy yeah you know if you're if you're a studio executive at paramount these days i mean you must just every day be like you, you get in your garage you start your car <laughs> and then you have to consciously tell yourself open the garage door <laughs> because because if you don't there's a risk that you're just gonna say Screw it all. Just, yeah, just yeah. die. <laughs> because what is the point? What is the point if you even make it into the office? You're not making any movies. No one's seeing any of the movies you're making. So why bother? But you really got to tell yourself, open that garage door. Well, we got. I'm sure we have a lot to talk about. So why don't we just dig in? If you want to hit us with a plot summary for Disney's The Lion King. Now, do you want me to hit the original animated 1994 version or this one? Well, there are considerable differences between the... Nope, never mind. No, no, no. All right, so sounds good. So uh, King Mufasa's newborn son, Simba, is the king to be of the Pride Lands of Africa. But Mufasa's brother, Scar, is none too thrilled to have been left out of the equation. 
and eventually kills his brother and attempts to kill his nephew. Simba escapes from the elephant graveyard trap, later befriends a meerkat and warthog, while Scar rules the African safari. Simba eventually reunites with his betrothed Nala, Lioness, and has a battle with Scar, where he doesn't actually kill him because this is a Disney movie, but Scar dies the justified death and the circle of life continues. And that's The Lion King. That's The Lion King. What did you think of this one? Uh, oh, before you answer, before you answer, I'll okay, just answered. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you saw this by yourself. By myself, yes. I saw it with the family. Okay. So yeah. I just. It's, it's going to be colored a little differently. A yes, yeah, yeah. Why don't you complete the thought that started with something like, yay? It was fine. I So I went into it with really low expectations based on what I had read about it. Oh, and okay. I think that it was better than that. But I struggled with it. This is, of all of the movies, and we've reviewed several Disney movie remakes in yep. our, our, the past year. This, to me, seemed the most unnecessary, at least the way they remade it, to me. How about you? I agree with 88% of what you just said, because I think Dumbo was just terrible. That was bad. And so yeah. that was really unnecessary, this one. <laughs> this one. I So I saw the family, and I actually... Even despite the the reviews, I tried to not read much uh, about it. I was really excited. And I will say that this is visually just staggering. I thought it was breathtakingly beautiful, a technical marvel, really interesting to look at. But it's almost the same movie from 1994. Yeah, absolutely. And some of the changes they made, I thought, weakened it, not improved it. And so there really wasn't anything in here that I found really surprising or striking or new or fresh. So unlike all those other Disney remakes that at least took like a novel twist or had something new to offer, this is really just an, another animated version, but using new technology. I appreciated the new technology. And I mean, when you make a two hour long film that is completely CGI animation and looks this beautiful, you cannot deny the importance of that. But 25 years ago, they made a movie with standard animation that I think triggered a little more imagination. And I think even the subsequent Broadway musical triggered a lot of imagination. And I think this one kind of left it a little more flat. And I I just struggled with it. Like there, There were even parts, as beautiful as it was... There were parts that I thought the animation was just a scooch off. And it reminded me of a Disney straight-to-DVD movie, Santa Paws, that we have. It's a Christmas movie. Like, about a a talking uh, golden retriever or yellow lab or something like that. And it just, it looks a little weird. You know, it was like a, you know, 15-year-ago movie. Sure. And there were moments in this movie that I thought it looked a little bit like that, where the the voice and the talking, the the mouth moving and the talking was just a tad off. And I was like, oh, this reminds me of Santa Paws, the straight-to-DVD Disney Christmas movie from 15 years ago. And I'm like, you can't do that if you're going to redo The Lion King. Well, the the challenge here is that they really went photoreal, and it's very photoreal. But it's still animated and 
to the example of Santa Paws, these animals, they don't really emote, you know, not the way that we remember from the animated classic or any animated film. And so you're really left with, you know, a, a lion trying to talk or joke or be scary or sad and it just kind of always looks like a lion it looks like a photo real lion yeah yeah but it just that's not the same as having a character that can really tell you what's going on um i to me just the biggest you said it was pointless and i think that's probably the the biggest detractor in that i don't know what they were hoping to get out of this film right right because they didn't take any novel take and to me the big miss miss here is You've got the the gorgeous 1994 animated classic. You've got the breathtakingly beautiful Broadway show. And this was a chance to kind of combine them together, bring some of the music from the Broadway show and add it to the original film, kind of make it almost like the greatest hits. Yeah. Like the version you wish you could have seen. Right, right, right. And instead, it was almost a shot-for-shot remake of the 94, with the exception of they'd cut a song or two for no reason. And clearly some of the actors they chose here weren't singers. So right, that also right. kind of damaged um, some of the integrity. So it just felt like if you weren't going to bring anything new to it, if you weren't going to add either legitimately great new songs or combine the already awesome ones you have, I just don't know what we're supposed to take away from it. And even the nostalgia factor was sort of a letdown. Yeah. Like, they had James Earl Jones voice Mufasa, but his voice sounds different. It and it does, doesn't have the resonant bass. It it sounds it, it like was, an older It was guy. cool to it have just, him back, but yes, he sounds 25 years older. By the way, did yeah. you know that I saw this movie for the, for the original with your wife for the first time? Anne took me to this movie, and that was really fun. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that is fun. I think she'd seen it like six times by the time we'd gone, and so she was like doing all like the hand gestures through it. <laughs> I had not seen of it. Of course. Yeah, yeah, it was of fun. Of course. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, so it just, there's like moment after moment where you're actually seeing them recreate visuals or shots or sequences from the animated classic and just thinking, I kind of think it was better done hand-drawn. Yeah. I mean, and even again, the title cards. Impressive. Even the title cards at the beginning and the end were exactly in the same spot and looked identical to the original that was kind of weird that whole circle of life opening with like right down to like the ants and the zebras and like the like the weird focus pull that they do where you see like the ants climbing with leaves and suddenly like it pushes focus to the background yes that's what they did in the 94 and in hand-drawn animation it was really impressive here it's like oh yeah that's a shot from the original (laughs) they're just aping it right right we're just making more money off of it like one of the things that you'd mentioned that they changed a little bit from the original was kind of some of the comic relief of Timon and Pumbaa. And I, I actually appreciated that. I thought that Seth Rogen, who I'm not a huge fan of, as Pumbaa was pretty fun. I thought that that was a great, was voice, great. voice casting. Yeah, He was terrific. My wife said the same thing. She said, you know, I'm normally not a... A Seth Rogen fan. I said, neither am I, but as a warthog, it's he was like fantastic. Yes. Perfectly cast. And right. same with Billy Eichner, who I'm I'm like hot or cold on, but I thought he was terrific. Yeah. Uh because he was sort of channeling he was channeling Timon, but not aping Nathan Lane, if right. that makes sense. Yes. So he brought something fresh and interesting to the character, but the character is this zany talks a mile a minute kind of character. 
and I thought he was great. And he was I like doing John, John Mulaney doing Nathan Lane. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and, but John Oliver as Zazu, I thought yeah. was just terrific. And he was one of those ones where we missed the morning report. They just cut that whole song out, and I don't oh, know why they cut yeah, that song. Oh, yeah, that's right. And it's just because does John Oliver not sing? Because they also sort of cut out Be Prepared, but then they kind of left it in. But It was kind of a half-assed Chuitil, version, yeah. Chuatil Ejiofor is pulling a Rex Harrison and doing the, the talk sing. No good. So Billy Eichner and Seth Rogen, we can agree, were terrific. I don't understand why Beyonce needs to be the, the lioness. Like, I, I, I think that's weird. I think the the question of whether or not Beyonce as a voice added anything is really fair because I genuinely don't think it did. I don't think she has like a very distinct speaking voice. Right. That is I, really I wouldn't memorable. have recognized her. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and even Donald Glover as Simba, I don't think he brought anything to it where I thought, oh, thank God they got Donald Glover. He was terrific. Unlike John Oliver, Billy Eichner, Seth Rogen. I mean, those all seemed like spot on casting. Yes, we uh, a weird it, it, characteristic incantation. Like I think, yes, I, I don't think that we got that out of those. And Chuatel Ejiofor as Scar, I thought he did a really nice job. And his his voice is interesting. Alfrey Woodard uh, as Sarabi, she has a great voice. She's like fun to listen to, interesting to listen to. But yeah, Beyonce just and Donald Glover. And I thought, well, maybe we're really saving it up for for the song. You know, they're going to have this great singing voice and they're going to sound awesome together. And I thought it was okay. That's that's my next gripe about the movie is that I feel like this movie is a 67% soundtrack of the original. Like, I, I would listen to the original soundtrack of this movie every day before I would play this one. And I, I just, I don't feel like they bested the songs on any of them. Not on a single one. No. And, and like... What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with them cutting the morning report but keeping in the jungle? The lion sleeps tonight. That was my first what's up with. Why is that song in this? I, I know that they inserted it into the Broadway musical, which I thought was stupid and annoying. I don't even like that song. That's a horrible 1960s song. And yeah, I thought that that was ridiculous that that one gets to be in here. What's up with Disney releasing a movie every two weeks? Like, Why why does that keep happening? It's every two weeks. It really... (laughs) Like, I just, I want to know, I want to, I want to be in one of those marketing meetings where they're talking about what they're going to do, because what's coming next? The, the live action remakes of animated films from this studio over the last three years, like there was one and there was one like nine months later and then nine months later, and now we're going every four weeks and I don't get what's happening. Well, we're going to take a little bit of a breather here and get Frozen 2. And then they'll come right back with Mulan. Right. The live action. <laughs> right, yeah. right. And we're working on Cruella DeVille. We're working on a second Maleficent film. We got the upcoming Little Mermaid live remake. But again, all of those seem like they're poised, good or bad, to take at least a different point of view or to try something new. If Disney had just remade The Lion King with 
CGI animation. You know, like the like if Pixar had said right. we're going to remake The Lion King, would anyone have been as this excited about it? Because it just would have been like, okay, it's the same movie, a slightly updated animation right. style, right, right. I guess. And that's what I feel like we got here. Like great movie, great original storyline, music, and like oh, I guess they kind of updated it. But you know, the bar we've been using for these movies is. Is anyone going to think this is their favorite version of The Lion King? No. Nobody will. I don't will. think so. Nope. Nope. I mean, between the Broadway show and the original animated, this is always going to be third, I yes, think. Yes. I, I agree. 2% of people will pick this one <laughs> over the other two versions. Just to be such. obnoxious. Right. The same people who are like, yeah, just talking about all the foreign films they're seeing this year. And What's up with there being a curated Beyonce-produced album with songs inspired by the film? Like, come on, Disney, take a break. Do we... How much money do you need from us? But that goes to my point. Like, why do that and then not bring... Like, there's a song from the Broadway version... And I honestly don't remember the name of the original song. It's like he lives in you or they live in you. And it's a it's the most beautiful song on that soundtrack. It's a breathtaking sequence when you see the show. And here's your opportunity to insert it into this movie and and kind of bring that moment to life for a whole new generation of of film goers and fans. And instead, you get a new Beyonce song and this whole like unnecessary album, but not that song. Right, right, yeah. Like, that tells me you think you're topping that song, and I'm sorry, you're not. It's just not going to be as good as that one. And this one is also not even the soundtrack to the movie. It's a Beyonce-inspired, like, collaboration project with the movie, which I think was really absurd. Like, now now we've got music inspired by the film, which... Oh. Like... Inspired by the film, which is a shot-for-shot remake of a film from 25 years ago that was an animated classic, like, written by Tim Rice and Elton John. Okay, uh, <laughs> all right, whatever. Have you have you streamed this album? Is it any good? I haven't. No, no I'm not no. gonna. I'm not gonna do that. I'll do it soon. Mike, are you ready for five questions? Probably not, but let's go. All right, let's do this. Five questions about the new version of The Lion King. Question number one. So, is this an animated film, or what? I, I have no idea what you call this. It, I, I thought that I was going to see a live action remake, but it's obviously CGI. So I don't know. What do you call that? Is that animated? I think this is animated. Okay, all right. So it's a a reanimated uh, version. Okay. Would you cons- question number two? Would you consider this a reimagining of Disney's dinosaur from the year two thousand, which was itself an animate a CGI animated film that used still photos from Tahiti and Hawaii as the background? That movie was originally expected to have no dialogue whatsoever, but ultimately went with star casting of DB Sweeney and Juliana Margulies with a hundred and seventy million dollar. Pr- what the hell was the plan? <laughs> It's, it sounds like a bad idea. It was probably a good idea at the time. Okay. <laughs> Do, wait, D.B. Sweeney? Did you say D.B. Sweeney? Yeah. Oh, that sounds pretty solid. Yeah. yeah. It's basically the Donald Glover of the year 2000. <laughs> right, right. 
Question number three. Could you do a brief impression of Whoopi Goldberg waiting by the phone, waiting to be asked to reprise her role from the 1994 original? I cannot do that. Can we skip that? That's a great question. Question number three. How do any other studios plan on making any money ever again? <laughs> they, they shouldn't. The, the, the Paramount studio execs are barely opening their garage in the morning. They shouldn't. <laughs> Disney's got it forever. They have to have like a sticky note that says open the open the garage door. Like, like their spouses are closing the door and they're like, hit the button. Hit the button, Roger. <laughs> they, they, They've got an agreement with their spouses, like, based on what happens that day that they may or may not open the garage door. Based on the box office success of Disney's latest release. Just check check box office mojo in the morning and don't open the garage door if it's above this or below this amount. (laughs) Question number four. What is Mike's approximate excitement level about the upcoming Disney Plus Marvel series and their inclusion in the Phase 4 of the MCU, which makes them canon and inserts them into the new post-Avengers Endgame altered timeline? This was asked about me, so I think you should answer this question. Yeah, I I feel like you should answer this question. Well, this listener wants to know your approximate excitement level. I would say about... I'd say about a a six... A six. Okay. (laughs) On a scale of one to three. Got it. You are super excited. That sounds great. Okay. Oh, question number five. Uh, Actually, it's funny that you brought up this whole separate soundtrack. Because this question is, why have Beyonce do a new song for this film? How 1990s is that idea altogether? I don't know. Like, are you going to really resell another million copies of the Lion King soundtrack just because it has one new Beyonce song? Yeah, I think that they will. And didn't Cinderella have some new songs? And Beauty and the Beast had a new song? And Aladdin had one or two new songs? Well, with Will Smith. Right. I I feel like this is pretty standard and a great way to make a million more dollars for Disney. Well, they need more ideas. I don't know that I support it and think that the songs were worthy of it, but... I agree, and and if you're doing the right marketing on iTunes and Amazon, this will be one of those album-only cuts where, like, you can't just buy the song for a dollar. Like, you have to buy the whole <laughs> right. album for fourteen dollars. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the way they do it. Yeah. Well, thanks, buddy. We got a special bonus question. Could you uh. do your impersonation of Bobcat Goldthwait <laughs> cleaning Whoopi Goldberg's pool, and then waiting by his phone? to be asked to reprise his role from the 1994 animated original. <laughs> Could you? I, I can't. Can you that's, do that? It's, that's great. <laughs> that's fantastic. All right. Well, that's that's five plus questions. Uh, uh, thank you, listeners, for the question. That's great. All right, well, so clearly we both were kind of underwhelmed. It's really disappointing because it's a beautiful-looking film. Yeah, I yeah. candidly was really excited. My family actually, you know, we we just went through this with Toy Story 4. I just right. took them to uh, Aladdin, and they left this one also thinking, yeah, that was good. Okay. It's fine. You know, like, it's a good movie. It's a great—I mean, the story is great. The music is great. 
they didn't mess it up. They just didn't bring anything fresh or cool or new or funny to it. Um, you know, we didn't so. really even talk about this yet, but I, I really felt that there were some scenes in the film that my seven-year-old would have been kind of spooked by. Like, I, I feel like mm. with the CGI animation, there are some death scenes that are a little bit scarier than from the original. And you know, I, I just thought that was something that I, I took away as a, a PG from this. Got it. Well, uh, coming up next, listeners, I'm sorry we had to bump 1933's Best Picture winner Cavalcade. And I'm sure they're all um, sorry, too. Yes. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But don't worry. That's coming up next. We will revisit Cavalcade for all of you big Cavalcade fans out there. It's coming up next on Spoiler Alert. Thanks for listening to the Spoiler Alert podcast. Please visit us online at movieoutsiders.com where you can see what films we'll be discussing next, comment on our recent episodes, suggest movies to review or topics to discuss, or submit questions for the five questions segment of the podcast. Stop by and visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash movieoutsiders, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at movieoutsiders. If you're a fan of the show, we'd really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast subscription service you use. We'll be back again next week with another episode, but until then, enjoy the movies.